Welcome to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And thank you for joining us. We have a special guest. You may have heard him Back all the way. Back by popular demand even. Back by popular demand. You might have heard of the man from Victoria, the man himself. Swizz, how are you, mate? I'm great, boys. How are you guys going? Wonderful. You know what, mate? You seem to be like the itch we can't shake. Everyone keeps asking for you. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, let's let's get someone on the show that actually knows what they're talking about. And I was like, fair call. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you what, you're only one coleslaw away from replacing Chris as my number one. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, But look, let's get into it. Before we move on, uh, let's hit everyone on the socials. It is SC Insider 100. You can find us on all of your major audio platforms, including Spotify, SoundCloud, Twitch, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, iTunes, you name it. And on YouTube, Chris. Yeah, we'll be on the YouTube. Just search for Supercoach Insider. Pretty easy stuff, guys. Um, we don't know what we're going to do with this video and audio recording, obviously. Um, we are doing it separately because we are in lockdown as of about three and a half hours ago up in Brizzy. Yeah, bum, bum, um, bum. Although, can I just say, we did say it was a bit dramatic, right? We're not the government. We don't have probes up in the sky and elsewhere. It seemed a little bit over the top to start with. However, as you can see, shit's got real and we are now in lockdown. So... <laughs> three days. It, why couldn't this happen on the weekend, Chris? I would love to just have three days at home, forced to watch footy, saying, well, there's nothing else on. That's pretty much what I did anyway, so. <laughs> Self-isolation, it was fantastic. <laughs> Jeez, how's that right forearm? Uh, Swizz, any recommendations on how to get through a lockdown from uh, the man from Victoria himself? Uh, well, firstly, don't go out and buy all the toilet paper from your local shop. Oh, too late. <laughs> Uh, no, unfortunately, guys, you've copped their norm weekend, so it's um, it, there's no uh, footy and beer, so, so maybe just uh, chill out with some old replays. Don't try to change your super coach team too much, and uh, yeah, I'm sure you'll uh, get through this. That's dangerous. That's three, advice, yes, three days off coming into uh, Lockie Neal on a Thursday night will be interesting, but... Look, this is the the structure for the segment today. Is we're going to discuss, and there's some hot topics. We've also had a lot of questions on the line. Uh, we're going to be talking uh, how we went for the round, looking at rookies and cash cows. Then we're going to talk about Neil, the big question, what to do with Lockie motherfucking Neil. And we're going to then also cover our breakouts and premiums, people who will be top six that you might not have considered already, and cover other people like your Texas, your MPs, um, all throughout this whole podcast. So, yeah, that's pretty much what we got on our agenda today. Yeah, it's gonna. Be, it's actually probably I can arguably going to be our most listened to podcast uh, for the season. This is probably the one you want to catch. So um, people want to know what uh, trades they have to make if they have to make any. Um, so I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, let's start yeah, off with. Just so you know, I'm actually on the gin tonight, lads. I'm on a, a Hendrix floral gin because I like it. Just that little bit gay. Just a little bit gay. It's fine. <laughs> hey, once a year doesn't make you a queer, Chris. I've just come back from a big dinner with all of my uh, career club mates, so uh, yeah, you need to work, um, work off uh, double tonight, mate. And any, <laughs> quick shout out to any of your friends there, Chris. Uh, I mean, Swizz? Nah, they've all gone. 
Okay. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> they've taken, they've taken his early advice and gone for a run with it. All right, Chris, let's start off. How did you go for the round? What did you score? What uh, changes did you make going into the round last week? Yeah, look, I obviously had the one force change with danger, um, and I went into the round like that. And then I was, I was, I got a little bit drunk, and I was at the, um, I was actually at the rugby league. Uh, you know, just another thirty thousand people in a lockdown weekend. Um, and halfway through the game, I was, I was chatting to you guys in a group chat, and um, we realised that with what was going on, if I wanted to do the trades that I needed to do. I would have to trade Jordan in this uh, a week early. So I actually went early last week and made a rookie correction trade um, and got James Jordan in last week to allow me to do my trades this week. Um, now, unfortunately, I didn't have him on field, but um, that was probably the wiser decision to, to try and get him on field. I didn't do that. Um, I still managed to go all right. I, unfortunately, I went into the last game of the round I was 23-03 with Taranto to play, and then Taranto decided to be the biggest spud of all time and give me 67 <laughs> points because really great. Um, so I ended on 23.70, which was pretty good. Um, wasn't bad at all. Um, for the round, I ranked uh, 825 for the for the week, um, and I pushed my season rank up to 7,579. So, um, yeah, decent score. Um, here, of course, probably Gorn, um, you know, coming back after um, you know, having a really poor round one, came out and dominated. Um, and yeah, I'd say Taranto was definitely my villain. Um, he was really the only one that really underperformed everyone else. I was, I was pretty uncomfortable with So yeah. What about yourself, mate? Yeah. So for me, um, I scored 2,306. My hero, my man, Impy, the fucking imp. I went Impy over Dow. I don't even know why I went Impy over Danaher. Because you listened to me for once in your life. For once, once in my in life. freaking life. And as you can tell, as an MP owner by the amount I raged in their first game, I'll get into the MP on what I noticed in that last, um, when we get into him a little bit later on. But I also went early on Jordan more because Neil had a bit of a stinker and I was like, okay, well, I know I need Jordan. If I'm going to make any moves next week, do I want to go early on him? And the problem I had was I had Barry as a loophole for that. So I needed him to go 69 or more. And... Jordan went better than a meal for two. He actually got me more points this week, so I am extremely happy there. 23.06, my overall ranking is... Um, just slightly ahead of me at this stage. Yeah, and actually our community team, our, the one that we're versing everyone with, it's SC Insider Munity, because they don't let you write community, so we wrote Munity. We are actually ranked 6,335. We don't oh, have Caldwell. So, yeah. <laughs> And uh, what about you, Swiss? How'd you go this week, mate? Yeah, 22.59 this week, but that uh, still put me up to 3,819 overall. Um, nice. So that ranking's good, but just unfortunately this week. A couple of little things. Naturally, Rao, but, uh, but most people had him on, but I was tossing up between him and Brockman. I didn't go all early on Jordan. Um, the only trade I made was Dangerfield out for Walsh. Uh, all week, I tossed up between Brayshaw and Walsh. I think Walsh still over the season will probably average more, but it was one of those, um, you know, 50-50 decisions and probably cost me, you know, what did it cost me in the end, 30 points. My hero yeah, of the week like is Jordan Ridley. Um, big on him on pre-season. And also because uh, for those who know, my wife is a massive Essendon fan and I just needed something to cheer for when I um, go and watch games with her. Hey, mate, does she try and inject you while you sleep or is that just a trait inside the club <laughs> or does it continue outside the club? <laughs> 
Everybody's doing it. I'll go no comment on that one. <laughs> um, for those for those playing along at home, that was a pegging joke. Um, <laughs> um, look, speaking wow. of, speaking of heartbreak. There's the tackle. Did he handball it? No. no. That's as clean a tackle as you can get for a free kick. That was bad. That was really bad. That's all we're going to talk I, about, Brisbane. I. I mean, look, it, here's the thing. It wasn't just that. There were some stinkers, unfortunately, that Brisbane were on the end of. And I know that Geelong fans will say there's bad decisions both ways, and there is, but there wasn't that cost of direct goals. Um, I mean, even if you take, like, Joel Selwood's um, free, uh, the, the free kick for Dane Zorko on, on Joel Selwood. Now, probably there, but if you watch the footage, he 100% ducks into it which in classic Selwood fashion. And that's why Zorko is upset with that in, in the first place and remonstrated. Now, he should have done that. As captain of the football club, he definitely should have done that and it cost him a goal as well. Oh, but, what about what about the 360 throw by your mate Guthrie? What a flog. You mean, you mean bet with a Guthrie? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Speaking just, of which, just, if, 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 someone hasn't seen my, if someone hasn't seen my socials, I went and finally bought some of the AFL cards. Some of the really pristine AFL cards, and they are the, what are they called? Footy stars, all right? And wouldn't you know it, my fucking luck, I get like a Guthrie memorabilia one and a Guthrie card on his own. And seriously, if you, I don't know if you can see this, all right? That looks awesome. Look Guthrie at that it's glorious. and one of the match winner ones. Now, what... I should rip this up right in front of you, Chris. Fuck you. <laughs> you, know, you know what? If you look closer, you can see him throwing the ball to Joel Selwood on the wing. <laughs> that, that was another joke when uh like he just like clearly receives a throw from out of Joel, Joel Selwood another goal assist like dude they just got the huge rub of the green and unfortunately but on a plus side he is now uh what's this uh 40 is it 37 points per game average more than McCluggage oh, look, I mean just just, a few. just call him Petrarca and call bloody McCluggage Devin Smith um, all right, before we get into these rookies, quick little shout. I'm going the uh, goats for number one. That's my beverage number one of choice. And the second one is I'm going to spice it up for a three-day lockdown. Brookvale Union, the ginger beer from our friends in New South Wales. Alcoholic ginger beer, can't deny. All right, let's go starting off then. Oh, on these... well, I'll get on that, mate. I don't drink beer, but that is the one beer I will drink. Oh, it's fantastic. And yeah, even... Go out and get yourself a six-pack for the lockdown. Well, I just went and got a carton, so... Oh, um, fantastic. And a little tip for our friends at home. You put a shot of Sailor Jerry's in there with a bit of lime and then add your alcoholic ginger beer on top of it and you've got a two-standard drink. Perfect. Well, I love it. Ben's like, oh, how do you be more alcoholic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I brush my teeth with a bit of vodka. Um, okay, speaking of these rookies, now let's go through some of the well performers followed by the... Low end, and then I'll get Chris and Swizz's opinion as to who's the must-have. And I think there's a lot, to be honest. So, Highmore, mm-hmm. 77. Golden, got a 136. Absolute effing jet, obviously. Jordan, 82. Powell, 75. Berry, 69. Brockman, 77. Flynn, 78. Impey, 123. Are we going to put the rookies in with this cash cow or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Zeeble, 72 with a rolled ankle. Warner, 94. Campbell, 118. And on the... Crappy end, right? You have Sharp 20, Cozzy 38, Braun 32, Scott 23, Row, 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 Row 19, 
Paddy Dow, 53, that fucking Muppet. Um, <laughs> Zach Williams, the butcher, we'll get to later. He's not a rookie, but fuck him for a 78 anyway. And uh, Jones from Essendon got a five. I don't know how you can get anything less than a Henry, but he seemed to with a five. Uh, Cox, 42, and Lazaro actually impressed with a 50 for a guy who was sub in the first game. Uh, yeah, I mean, one squeeze at the... Um uh, at the break evens will tell you pretty much all you need to know. And I think um, I think we've all been absolutely surprised with the ridiculous gameplay of uh, Errol Golden. I mean, like, where did that come from? And he backs it up the next week. So um, I think he's the, the, obviously the number one because he's got a, a break even of negative 206. He's set to make a ridiculous amount of cash in the first couple of weeks. So if you don't have him, he is an actual must-have. Um I don't, I, I don't. I can't consider. There is a lot of guys that you should get. Not many of them are must-haves. But um, I would also consider Chad Warner a definite must-have. Um, and I'd probably go. I don't think Jordan's necessarily must-have, but I think he's right up. I mean, he's got a break-even of negative eighty-seven. If you don't have Matt Flynn, you probably should. But I don't know if anyone doesn't have Matt Flynn. Um, that would be a very, very strange selection. Um, well, percent. Uh, so 52% is he at? Only 52% for Flynn at the moment. Wow. Which is, that, that's that's strange. I mean, so that must mean that a lot of people are still running, say, a loophole at R3, like a Tracy or someone like that. Yeah, or Meek and all the others at R3. Yeah, well, I think Matty Flynn, I mean, look... If you've got Meek, I mean, Meek's, Meek's break-even is not too bad. What's his break-even at anyway? He's, yeah, it's at negative 52. So. Yeah, he had a pretty good game. Yeah, exactly. I, and I, I was actually quite impressed with um, the, the way that him and Darcy played together. I mean, they actually towed GWS. That was a that was a mauling. That should have been 15, 20 goals. That was a drubbing. Um, so, yeah, it would be interesting to see. One thing I noticed um, last week is obviously the Hawthorne defenders – absolutely just uh, just racked up the pill against Richmond. It's like, it's like they didn't even care that the defenders were just Do you know why, you know, kicking though? the ball left and right and left and right. It was completely, they went into a defensive mindset with uncontested ball and Richmond kind of just hung off them. And that's why Hawthorne just racked up the ball because they were playing more just real defensively and they were just trying to get that uncontested. It was stacked for uncontested possessions. Well, it you was you had the games too, weren't you? Yeah, it's one of those classic games where the higher team got four or five goals up early and sort of Hawthorne's gone into a bit of damage control, played a bit of keepings off, tried to get some positions and that. And Richmond, like it was shown last year against the Swans and a couple other times, we're happy just to, to do that, play, um, you know, just play possession footy and, and keep the margin the same all day. Yeah, bruise free too. You don't hurt any one of your own players. You don't have to bust out. It's like, cool, you want to do this? We'll just wait for you to fuck up one of your kicks. We'll take it, kick a goal, and then we'll just it's keep chipping It's frustrating to watch as a fan, I'll tell you that, but, you know, you get the four <laughs> points and you move on. That's it. Well, one thing I have noticed is that the, def- the running defenders against Richmond are just running right. So in the in the Amy game, uh, Crisp and Maynard absolutely tore it up as well as Howe. Um, in the round one, it was Saad and Doherty that went well. Well, Maynard last week. went so well in the first Amy game in the first week. He took this week off. Bloody he Maynard. Did, he, he did. <laughs> I think I'm like 47. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously, Impey and Giath went absolutely huge this week, as well as Blake Hardwick, who had like 27 kicks or something stupid. Um, and now you've got the Swans coming in to play Richmond this week. So, uh, Braden Campbell, for example, if you don't have him, yeah, I'd he, be getting him this friend. week. Braden's a lock. 
of, of all those rookies and that because he's just going to – him and Lloyd are just going to chip it to each other all day long. And he's a good kick too. That's just he's crazy. He's so good. The amount yeah. of scoring on that and – yeah, I'm just being blown away of the scoring potential because here I was a little bit worried. I still mostly went guns and rookies, and I was a little bit concerned. But my God, if you if you actually spread your team out with all these mid prices, you are looking at all these rookies on your bench or not at all. Going fuck me, where did I go wrong? Yeah, um, what do you think about Impy as a must-have? Because he's only in thirteen percent of teams. He absolutely cleaned up both games. He has played well. He's only two hundred k. Most people have Dow. Is it worth the one trade? So I'll go first and then Swizz. Now, here's my concern, right? Dow, if Dow chips away, and, he, and they'll have an easy run soon, Dow's definitely capable of, of knocking out a couple of good scores if he doesn't get dropped. Uh, if, Dow, if Dow manages to scrape his way to a 300, right, you are kind of then relying, if you sideways to an Impy for not much gain at all, you're actually losing 10 grand, you really need Impy to kind of make get, get you to like 400, you need to impy to at least beat Dow by a hundred or more, and that's on the minimum. Realistically, I just don't see the point going sideways unless he's going to make that much cash. And I'm not Swiss, sure. He's what going do you to. reckon? No, I I agree. I agree with about the the impy move and that. Uh, one of those things, Richmond, as we have already talked about, there uh, we just give so many points to Backman. So that's probably his one big game. Geelong's going to be a different kettle of fish this week. Um, he's going to probably have to play more one-on-one footy. They're not going to give the freedom to the back. So all of a sudden, you could be looking at Impy having like sort of 50 game. And within two weeks, that big 100 and, uh, what was it, 130, something like that, he's, it's out of his score. So you're going to lose that uh, cash generation out of him. Well, the good thing is it was the second round that he went big instead of the first, which means it stays in a little bit longer, which is good. Apparently, Impy actually offered to um to go one-on-one with Rowan in the car park, but uh, he declined. <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I sent an email, Chris. Don't you know my famous uh, email? Uh, okay. okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, all right. So, touching on rookie still. Now, Barry got a, another – so he got a meal for two this week. He did pretty well last week. I think he would have get about 58. He was on track to go even higher last week. I actually see him as a pivotal side in that Crows because he's laying so many tackles. He is putting on a oh, lot of pressure. Oh, pressure and the ball is fantastic. It's, it, it's it really huge. Is. And I think it's underrated. He is getting quite a few points because of that tackling. And I think it's helping the rest of the, the team kind of gel. So I think there is a spot for him. I honestly believe that at this point, now I don't say he's a must-have, but if, you, if you're looking for that one person in your team's looking pretty set, then I, I definitely don't mind bringing him in at all. I, I, the thing I really like about him is because of his tackling, he's got a really high floor, and it, it's only going to take a little bit to for him to pop a hundred. Like if if he maintains with an eight tackle average, all he really needs is fifteen possessions, and bang, he's got a hundred un, under his belt. So um, I really like Barry. I think that he's a great bench selection. Um, definitely someone that you, I mean, you can play him on field. I played him on field last week, and I was I was very fine with that. Um, but if he, I mean, if he gets pushed to your bench, he's completely fine to cover you. Um, you can loophole him, you know, later on. And I think he'll make quite a bit of cash. And his basement price. I mean, how many of these guys are basement other than say a golden that um, uh, is just ridiculous, and, yeah, and we should keep talking about him. <laughs> yeah, and you know, with Barry as well, he, I think he was on forty-seven and forty-nine at halftime for both games. He was near the fifty mark, and then I think. As the game went on, maybe he played less time on ground the second half or maybe he just started to get a bit fatigued. But, yeah, give him a few more games and he's definitely someone who you know could improve. And you're right, a little bit of luck goes your way. You hit a disposal instead of missing one. 
Next minute, it's in a chain for scoring, and he, and he knocks out an 80. His capacity to go 80-plus will, will actually help his scoring. And with Berry, so the next three weeks, if he keeps up the uh, score of around 59, 60, he's going to go up 130K over the three weeks. And they play the Suns at home, north away, and then Freckle at home. So there's some games there where he you know, should get some midfield time and hopefully at least keep that average, if not go better. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I don't think he's, a, he's an absolute must-have, but if you you know if if you if you have a problem in your team and you've got all the other rookies, he's definitely not bad. Um, so I would say that he's one that's going to make enough cash to be worth it, um, to be worth the trade. I mean, if you've got say a, a Scott and a, and unfortunately, I don't think Scott will hold his um, his position this week. Um, you know, you'd be you'd do a lot worse than going to Berry. So um, I do think that he's definitely one that you can have in that you know realm of of being almost worth using that trade for. So um, yeah, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's um, I think most people do have him though. Not many people that I don't think. Well, how many percentage teams is he in at the moment? Let's have a look here. Um, Berry, the Berry, uh, he is. This pause brought to you by Brockvale Union. Ah, twenty-one percent of teams. Wow, so yeah, he's not in a lot of teams. That's that's yeah. That's he, was, one. he was kind of a bit of a surprise on that late, not not late in, but he was sort of a last minute call up. So, um, but yeah, even with Crouch, I believe he still plays in that side. I think he's you know really contributing. So I mean, even Warner's only in twenty five percent of teams. Like Warner, Warner hit a ninety four, and he looks good. Like he hits that ball hard. There was a moment where he just ran. He was running full steam. Balls bounced over his head by Braden Campbell, kicked it over the top for him to run onto it, and he's running on. He just grabs it, literally full pelt, and just goes helpful out straight into an opposition player and knocks him over, and just gets up, bounces up, and does it all again. Yeah. He just goes hard. Well, now, now you can see what Horse was talking about at training. Was it twenty twenty? How they actually had to pull him aside and tell him to. Hey, mate, this is training. We don't want to hurt our players. But in a game, they just fucking go for it. Line someone up, mate. Hit him as hard as you can. And he's just a pit bull. I, I do like him as well. Yeah, definitely. Barry's the sort of one, if you're looking maybe at Tanner Bruin, you could possibly go down, make it 40K there now, and then you're probably going to get a lot more um, you know, cash generation over the next three to four weeks. How frustrating is Bruin, though? I mean, look, looks like Tarzan kicks like Jane. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's, it's, I don't even necessarily think. I actually think he's played all right. Uh, me it's too, just but due he, to a he, suck. Oh, yeah, they do. And he's just not, he's gotten close to goals and then just, is it unlucky or he just doesn't know how to like self organize his hand to his foot and fucking miss? And a couple times, and then he like dives on and then like, oh, fumble, fumble, and then handballs it out to like no one. I was like, pick it up and kick a fucking goal. You know, it's one of those things, and it's he's someone you could actually kind of go down to a McNeil if he gets played and you know, actually kind of looked all right. So you could bank 55K, but he's an awkward price, eh? Hey? 157K for and, Bruin. And the way the Giants are playing at the moment and that, there's no sort of guarantees he's going to see a lot of ball down for them. There's going to be it's just a really weird team at the moment and that, like, with all the talent on the park, they, you know, we, we expect them to be one of the, you know, top top contenders in the league, but they've played an undermanned St. Kilda and Freo and look terrible. So, they look bad. Like, honestly, Freo made them look second rate yesterday. Absolute second rate. A, a bunch of kids. That Freo midfield ran over the top of the GWS midfield. And I don't, 
I don't care. That's that midfield still had Josh Kelly. It still had Callan Ward. It still had Taranto. You know, like th- they should have at least drawn even. Get me started. Josh Kelly was playing like forward of a center square, running in after the contest. He's one of their best players inside and out, and they're playing him on the wing and out of the fucking forward line, running into the center square after the bounce. So they had Hopper, Canelio, um, De Boer, fucking butchering the ball. No wonder they were shit in contestable. No wonder they were shit going forward. No wonder those players scored shit. Josh Kelly wasn't even involved that much, and he started off well the last two weeks. Wow, he's, he really doesn't like this. And, <laughs> and then he he tapered off. He was on like eighty five in like the fourth quarter or near the third quarter, both weeks, and then just does nothing in the last quarter. Josh Kelly just like fuck it. I just don't won't play quarter four. Ben, tell us what you really think about the Giants. Yeah, fucking. <laughs> and, 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 he's like, can I even get rid of Josh Kelly or is that the risk you kind of just take knowing you'll go 170 well, one week the, and I have to keep the, the fuck pro- up? The problem you've got, like, with Bruin and any of the Giants right now is Cameron showed last year he's happy to drop the captain. So he dropped Tom Green this week, or who knows what the fuck he was thinking. Like, don't worry about going to Dev, it's full Cameron now. Actually, and, like, I found out, Swizz, he, he woke up and realised he didn't like Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't mind the top, Tom Green dropping, but uh, mainly because, uh, and, and it was, you could see it clear as day at the game, GWS just are one-paced midfield. And you add Tom Green, who's another one-paced midfielder, they, they got done for pace. On the day, they got overrun by pace and they were beaten on the inside and then smashed on the spread, absolutely mauled. So I can understand why they didn't want another big in and under midfielder in that mix. You know, I think they play, who they play this week, is it is it Melbourne? Melbourne. Yeah, that's, yeah, that, that's going to be a much better matchup for them in terms of their midfield versus midfield. Um, so, you know, both Damn contested Mitty. guys. That, yeah, I, Lockie Whitfield's the most important player of that team, and that he just that that loss of him for the next sort of six to eight weeks is gonna they they could be zero and sort of six zero and eight. Yeah, you know, by the time he gets back and season's over, because they they just miss him so much. Yeah, yeah I, I he, he provides all that that dash and everything. Zero and six, eh? Oh, and zero yeah. and eight. Zero <laughs> oh, and eight. Jeez, zero oh, and that's the old Fremantle days. Um. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. And I think um, the thing with the, the one pace that you're saying is that when they were beaten on the inside, then they got the ball out and then the midfielders that were trying to... It was like you, you put your left hand in, you put your left hand out. So they're going in, getting it outside, and then they were just chasing their opponents all fucking day. The only person who looked like doing anything was Tom uh, Toby Green, literally all day. Uh, he did it late, Toby. He and Isaac Cumming played well, but, I mean, he got a lot of free possessions because he took all the kickouts. And they had like 20... They kicked like what 20, 20 behinds, so his scores just got like massively inflated from the amount of kickouts he had. You know, I just realised I have ducking activated, so when you try and talk and I'm talking, your audio gets cut to shit. Shut up! The last thing about Bruin is like there's a possibility they drop him or they make big changes this week. The Giants play the Sunday night game this week, and that so the if you were going to move on him. And that all the um, all your options are out the door and, uh, for a trade. So it's yeah. one of those things. If you go in to trade him, you've got to go um, early. Otherwise, you, you could risk having a um, having him scoring a zero this week. 
Yeah, I do only- think he gets dropped too. Uh, uh, Riccardi will be back this week and Hogan next week. So they were going to play Riccardi this week, but they wanted to give him an extra week just to make sure he was right. And as they've said the same about Hogan. They're going to give him another week um, and then he'll be in next week as well. So, uh, yeah, I can't see Bruin lasting past this week, especially when they've already got Daniels, who was serviceable, but he was a little bit off as well um, that's already come back into the team. So, yeah, I think it'll be a little bit of a restructure in the forward line this week. Yeah, I can't blame them. Um, yeah, and having a look at that, you won't really know. And the only chance you have is it's the Port versus West Coast, Carlton, Frio, GWS, and Melbourne, and Geelong, and Hawks that you actually get to see. So you'll miss, you know, trying to go sideways to a, you know, down to a Warner. You'd miss that because the team will be announced later for GWS. So you kind of have to hit and hope for some of these, unless you're thinking of maybe Jordan and seeing if Braun gets named or not. And then you could always just go down if he's dropped. That's yeah. kind of your only option, eh? Yeah, now one of the ones I want to chat about, just because he's amazing. Now, I don't think he's going to be a, a great Supercoach scorer immediately, but he's, he's gone all right so far. Logan McDonald is way better, way earlier than I thought he would be. Um, I, I don't know if you guys watched the Sydney game, but he was super impressive with the way that he can get up and back around the field. Super agile, got marks on the wing, kicks it, then takes another mark on the half-forward flank and kicks a goal. Like, he's very, very good. And you can see him and Buddy developing a really nice partnership over the coming years. So You know what I'm confused um, with is that North Melbourne have 50,000 fucking midfielders and they had a chance to go and get a good forward after their only ranger forward left. Don't talk to... I, and well, they passed. I, well, I bring this up on the podcast, didn't I? I, bring, I totally bring this up on the podcast. I don't know why they didn't go after Logan McDonald. It doesn't make any sense to I me. I love how North North Melbourne supporters already this week defending themselves on Twitter going, you've got to judge this in two, three years. No, we can fucking judge this now because you guys don't have a key forward. <laughs> you traded out your key forward and then you've got another inside mid where you've got bloody 20 of them. Jeez, this is, a, this is as it. aggravated as I've ever seen Swizz. I like Swizz. I, I like when he gets angry. He's, he's an angry elf. <laughs> <laughs> Call me an elf one more time. Hey, Chris, um, you speak about you saying that before on a podcast, but I guess I'll just have to take you and your word, number two. <laughs> you will. Um, yeah, no, that was 100% on North. Uh, they've got nothing, they have no legs to stand on there, but he's been absolutely fantastic. Now, unfortunately, at his price, even though he's scored quite well and he's averaging 69, um, I don't think that he's a must-have at 200K. Uh, so, again, yeah, key forwards, there's every chance he comes out this week and drops a 20 or a 30, halts well, his cash gen. He'll be playing against either a Bolter or Grimes and Asprey this week. However, yeah. the flip side, he does, he does get Essendon's defence the week after. <laughs> or lack thereof. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, everyone's fallen over. Uh, okay, so that pretty much held together by, by uh, st- uh, chewing gum at this point. So um, yeah, nice work. I think that wraps up pretty much the the rookie. That was quite in depth, I think, as far as. There's still, to- I mean, Tom Powell's. Um, I think most people have him anyway, but he's you know that 75 will keep him in good stead for the next couple of weeks. Do I think he's a must-have at his price? I think his role, unfortunately, is in jeopardy because we're going to have. Anderson and Cunnington coming back in. Oh, does Anderson play on the weekend? Anderson played. Cunnington's so coming Cunnington's back in. And then um, the other one is Dumont. Yep. Yeah. So um, I think he's definitely plays. And they've actually already announced that Cunnington coming in won't impact Powell. So they want to keep getting games into him. However, he hasn't spent as much time in midfield as we'd all obviously wanted, which is obviously restricting his, uh, his points and his cash. But I think he's going to go all right. Um, that helps his of, job um, security, though. 
Yeah, it's, it's good. It's good to, for the coach to come out and actually say that, obviously, yeah. which is great. You've got the ones that are guys that you can avoid. Guys like Anthony Scott. McNeil had a really good second half, but I don't think, again, he's not a must-have. Uh, Kaczynski, I think, will still just hover. He's going to you know, be a slow burn on, on the sideline there. Um, Bergman's probably one that you can probably get off if you really want to, if, oh. if, you, if you go sideways. Um, <laughs> can I talk about uh, Tyler Brockman for a certain, for a moment? Sure thing. Go for it. You can interrupt <laughs> us any time, Swizz. I do it all the time. Chris. <laughs> um, so Grimo and I were at the game and we were watching it and we were talking about that's going to be one of the best 12-possession Supercoach games you'll ever see. I, I thought he actually did some good things, but I was shocked to see at the end he ended up on 77 because he felt, I felt like we're, like he just popped up at a couple moments, but the rest of the game was like, where is this guy? And then I'm checking his supercoach score and going, oh, how the hell did he score 77? But did kick a couple of nice goals, so he's an option. But, yeah, once again, not a must-have. I think he, he got those goals late, and um, in games against Richmond, because Richmond are a high, aren't a high um, supercoach scoring team, you can get you know, some scores out of nowhere when you just kick a couple of goals um, because they get more scaling because there's no there's more pie against the Richmond side, which is um, just kind of how it happens. But yeah, I, I noticed that as well because I was really angry because obviously Brockman was the one that I actually traded out of to go to uh, Jordan. So I'm like watching his game. I'm like, he's been, I think he was on like 25 or 30 most of the game. In the last quarter, he got two goals and a tackle. Um, and it really impacted his, uh, his, uh, his score and uh, boosted him to 77. So um, I think he's got great job security. He's, he's, put, what, he's kicked four goals over the two weeks. He's not going anywhere. And he's, he's cemented into that side. So he's not bad. I just don't think he's a must-have. And I want to touch yeah, exactly. on Sharpie. For, he only got the 20 super coach Now, underrated, I think, what he brings in I, that I defensive line. Right. Yeah, well, here's the thing is I think defensively, right, so when he was manning the mark and you have to be stationary and still, people would try and play on around him and then he would actually chase them and catch them early and put pressure on them. He was putting pressure left, right, and center. Then they would hand it off and he would chase someone else down. He put so much pressure on one guy that he went from, like, the back inside the back uh, 50, chased his opponent, that person got off it, he chased that person again, put pressure on the kick, and then they butchered it. So I think he is definitely someone who, with his uh, agility and speed and endurance, with the standing on the mark rule, he's actually putting a lot of pressure on anyone that's trying to come out of defense, which is actually pretty beneficial to the team. Now, you take that with a grain of salt because obviously they've lost two games. So is it really yeah. beneficial? But Ben, yeah, the Lions are shit, so they're going 0-4, so he's probably going to keep his spot for a while. <laughs> say, say, say what you like, but unlike Essendon, we actually have depth in our side. <laughs> well, actually, one of the things that I noticed is what the four people that they've got going de- that, that they got going down, they're not replacements for Sharp. Not one of them is. I can't see him getting dropped this week based on those four people that have flown down to Melbourne. So do you, do you have a, the list of the, the guys? Yeah, I took a screenshot. Now, it's interesting because I thought they'd bring in like Archie Smith, but he's not coming. So it's uh, it's an interesting one. Um, and even then, uh, if I bring up the photo. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's Darcy Garner, Reese Matheson, Marcus Adams and Conan Ballenden. They're all talls. There's no way Sharp gets dropped this week. Not not a chance in hell. Well, Matheson's not really that tall. Uh, Belladon, he uh, he uh, plays. Like he usually plays like key defense sort of or, or forward. I I don't rate him in the ruck. And I can't see them rucking. I think they'll put Fullerton in the ruck, if anything. He's a former, I think it was a Bullets, Brisbane Bullets. Now, why don't they keep talking about his basketball background? He actually played at the highest level in basketball, not just some fucking amateur league like Petrarca <laughs> or Pendlebury. 
Um, so he's tall and agile. It was actually really good, <laughs> but I'm not gonna, let's not talk about it like everyone does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so that, that's a bit of a uh, – as you can see, there's a lot of rookies there. Find one that you've missed. If you have uh, a non-playing loophole and you want to keep loopholing, sure, if you're all about that cash gen and there's someone – like what I did, I had a loophole and I was like, well, fuck it. I've got every rookie. I actually picked a lot of rookies and Jordan was the one I didn't have. So I got rid of Saunders, who was my loophole. I was like, fuck it. I want that money. So it's up to you as to what your structure is going to be like. Um, if there's someone you feel like it's a must have, then go there. If you have you know, an injury or something rather, you probably want to fill that one first. So I don't know if I'm keen. Cool, well, you could easily go down to a rookie if you've missed someone important, like a a cool well, or something. Interesting you say that because I think that that's probably leads into um, a, the old Tex Walker. So um, obviously Tex Walker now has a break even of negative 114 after two back to back. I think you got 143 and 145 or something or 146. It's, it's ironic you say that, Chris. The last time Tex went negative 114 was in the grand final. <laughs> you like that, suit? Jesus? Uh, I mean, love it, mate. <laughs> Reminded me a lot of the Power Ranger power stance for that. Straight on. <laughs> power, power stance. Dude, that was hilarious. Power um, stance. But very valid. Tex Walker is. Um, he's definitely in consideration. Now, the funny thing for me is he went big. He's kicked six goals each week. Fair enough. He's not going to get that all the time. But the quicker ball movement's actually freeing it up. It's harder for defenders to actually man up someone like Tex. He gets on the move a lot. He can kick it from 50. He actually got. In his big score this week, he actually gave away a free kick and then moved on the mark and gave away a 50-meter penalty as well, which he was did, minus 12. In the first quarter. Yeah, yeah, which is huge. So, um, Look, the, the, he is right. I mean, the lead-up forwards is back in vogue. It, this, these rules are helping the lead-up forwards. Um, the thing is, if you're getting him, you're not getting him as a keeper. He's 300K. You're getting him as a cash grab because he'll make you a quick 100K. Like, he'll probably make 100K next week. Well, Bryce Mitchell, um, so I'll jump in. Bryce Mitchell said if he goes 80 the next two weeks, he will go up 125K in two weeks. Yeah. For an 80. Is it worth it for the cash grab? Can we get a consensus around the board? I'm tempted, and the worst part is, is I know it's good for my team and good for my money, but then I look at him in my side, and I'm like, what the fuck has this become? <laughs> this is the, uh, on the, is on the exact like same. I'm like ninety's the next two weeks, and it's one hundred and forty k, and it's it's it's. I hate the pick, but at the same time, it's that whole. Well, they've got the Suns at home. Suns are obviously have improved, but then it's North Melbourne at Marvel the week after, and God, yeah, the, the question is, how many could he kick that week against the you know, North Melbourne side that just bleeding points. And um, you know what this reminds me of? Jared Waite, like three years ago, he went on this six-game absolute tear and made like ridiculous amounts of money and then dropped off a fucking cliff like you wouldn't believe. Um, So you just got to make sure that if you get him, you get off him at the right time. And that's the key. So he's not a guy that you're going to get in as a, as a top six, top ten forward. He's a guy that literally you're going to get in for the cash grab and get out as soon as possible. And make sure you jump off, don't walk her off. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, sorry, Swizz, go for it. No, that, that's one for – I know we had a couple of questions on Twitter to do with draft, and um, I know a mate a couple of years ago, yeah, he was on the weight train and managed to find the fish in the league to um, trade him out to just at the right time. <laughs> It's like a poker table, for sure. Yeah, go on. 
It is. So text if you are if you somehow have text or you picked him up off the waiver wire or whatever. Yeah, hopefully he goes bang bang next couple of weeks and then yeah, find that fish and uh, offload him for a, a fallen pre- premium. I got him in two leagues. I actually put him in my waiver watch list and he went big. And I was like, look, forwards were a, a scarcity. So I said, hey, if you're into spud farms, then grab Tex Walker. And I grabbed him twice just because I had, like, Paddy Dow as my D, uh, uh, FC, uh, F5. I was like, well, fuck, it can't be worse than that guy. So, yeah, you, I went and picked up I Tex. Think, the next time I'm like, wants a forward, buddy. Yeah, I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, Tex Walker. So I'll wait for that five-game average of 120 and then offload him 100%. I am not riding him the whole way this year. All right. So another guy I want to say the same thing about is Tom Hickey. You know, he's had two back-to-back good scores. But if you've got on someone like, say, Riley O'Brien, thinking that he's going to bust out the um, bust out from here, I think that you've probably got to cut your losses, and you either got to go up if you can get the cash, or potentially you could go all the way down to Hickey if you've already got Flynn. So Flynn's probably number one. You See, could can go I, Nick. Can I jump in? Right, I always thought, and I have always thought that Hickey sucks, and it turns out Hickey just sucks on the neck. That's it. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Uh, how long have you been running that one for? Oh, I literally just thought of it. That's why I did interrupt before I forgot. Uh, yeah, so yeah, Flynn, Flynn, Flynn. Um, yeah, so obviously if you got if you don't have Matt Flynn, you just you just do that straight away. But um, someone like he you can see there, or a Meek, I mean you could go all the way down. I'm still oh, I'm still halfway on Meek. Like he played well with Darcy last week. Does that mean that they pursue it next week or do they just go with Darcy now? He's had a run and he's a little bit better. And they can play him as number one ruck. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure how that ends up, really. But I mean, Meek did play very well this week. So, um, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of Meek at all, there, Chris. So you're saying Meek should reek? Yeah, you're right. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, look, I've got <laughs> Flynn. I'm happy, so I'm not. I don't really care. I don't care about Hunter. I don't care about Meek. Fuck them all. They're not my side. Well, speaking of Hunter, um, rumor has it that Ryder's back this week, so he may not even get that third game. So he might be one that you have to correction trade out. Um, and if so, obviously the obvious one's either Flynn or Meek, whichever one you missed. Um, Hunter has yeah, to so- go because he, he got A, towed up by Flynn, then had Max Gorn, and he was sharing the ruck with McKernan. Now, if you are able to handle your own as a solo ruck, they don't share your ruck duties with McKernan. <laughs> like what an insult yeah, yeah. Hey by the way You're finally playing uh, First league footy You're our number one ruck And by the way We're going to give you 50-50 hit outs With McKernan The only way Hunter They look at playing Hunter This week Is they go We're playing Essendon They're going to be Without Draper Their backup Phillips Is apparently still Coming back from injury Might not play Brian Their rookie <laughs> Their rookie still injured So they could be playing Peter Wright Or go the whole Sean Grigg kind of route, and Hunter could actually do all right this week. Yep. Speaking of uh, draft pickups, Peter Wright this week could be a nice little get. He'll be playing solo ruck for a few weeks. I, I actually thought that um, Devin Smith could probably play in the ruck because all he can really do is tackle and just handball to someone else who can kick. <laughs> oh, I, I, was, I thought you were going to say Devin Smith can play in the ruck because he's always below expectations. <laughs> <laughs> He's just playing where his height allows him to play, you know. Oh wow, that's a <laughs> shortcoming. So stature. <laughs> it's a low blow um, shortcoming. Now there's a couple more I want to just touch on that um, that have a little bit of relevance just because of their break evens. Um, Sam Swikowski um, is 279k as a forward. Now he played fantastically this week, and he's actually played uh, all right the week before. I just don't like the fact that he's a small forward, and so he's just likely to just drop a poor score. So for me. It's a no one's Wachowski. 
um, as a cash grab. I mean, I know a lot of people have, say, a young that they want to try and sideways out of or whatever. I just don't advise it to be a small forward personally. What do you think, Swiss? No, that's a terrible. I wouldn't go near it. I agree. And what do you think about GF? You were at the game? Yeah, no, uh, CJ looked actually really good in that. Um, once again, and this is what I'm sure we're about to talk about Impy, but there's the uh, the two things about Hawthorne. Once again, we've talked about the Richmond, how they just leak points to the defenders. Um, but what was the one the big key last year was the short and quarters, and that's why we got such big high scores. Um, for those who weren't at the game, wouldn't be aware, the last quarter went 24 minutes, and the um, the siren's gone, and most of the fans in the ground were quite shocked because we're sitting there going, we think that there's got to be another four or five minutes to go, and we just thought the uh, because how boring some of the play was, the uh, siren person fell asleep and must have just fallen on the button. Well, what it was, it was actually it's actually the mercy factor because apparently when Clarko complains, they just change the fucking rules. So what they did is he said, nah, that's enough, mate, mercy factor. And they said, you know what, you're Clarko, let's just change the fucking rules. You can end the quarter right here. Done. Well, I'm, I'm worried about GF. And, and um, the reason is, obviously, Scrimshaw was the sub and he got subbed on. And I don't know what what role is going to be playing moving forward. What, what I, I liked what I saw from, from GF, but at the end of the day, he turned the ball over and cost direct goals. Now, I know that, you know, he's trying to, you know, be adventurous with his ball use. He's trying to make things happen and blah, blah, blah. He's just not there yet. Are you saying his future is scrim? (laughs) Could be, yes. I I honestly don't know what, um, what his future holds in terms of his role in the team and in terms of what he's going to be able to produce super coach wise. He's definitely not one that I would be trading to if you have him. Great, you got to kind of ride it out at this point and, and hope that he can maintain that role. But I definitely would not be trading to him, that's for sure. No, not yeah, bad in he, the team. He, he did some exciting stuff on the field, and he definitely, I thought, he's, he could have a role there. But, you know, as a, he's, it's going to be so up and down. And that, the problem is, as you said, with Scrimshaw and possibly a couple of guys coming back, you know, a couple of bad games or a few more turnovers like that, and, yeah, he could find himself back out of the side again. Yeah, I agree. Um, and just lastly, uh, another another one that I just want to touch on briefly, Tom Atkins has played fantastic in his role. Um, he hit a 107 this week and he's averaging 95 over the two games. What's his he price? A, he's 293. 292. Right, yeah, no, he, as a forward, actually, I quite rated him in draft leagues as well. I thought he's, uh, his role looked great and I think he's done that really serviceably. So, yeah, go on. I just think that if you're at that mid-prices stage in your team where you need to, like, let's say you've got a Caldwell or someone like that and you don't want to go to Tex because you want someone that's going to be a little bit more consistent with his scoring or have a, have a better role, you could go a lot worse than go Tom Atkins. His role's fantastic. He's playing it really well. The problem is his job security, of course. So how, how solid is his job security in that Geelong 22? Right now it's fantastic because he's performing, he's playing well. But at any time, who knows what Chris Scott's going to be able to do. Um, it looks like he's competing with Jordan Clark. And Jordan Clark's played so well the first two weeks. His score didn't reflect that this week because he had a, a, he had a lot of frees against and he had a 50 against as well. He actually was probably around the 85 to 90 mark, but just didn't quite. Um, and there was that many free kicks and that and then the 50 that it really impacted his overall score. So um, I, I, I would say they're trusting Clark, and he's he's potentially the 20th or 21st player in that team. And 
Atkins is definitely the 21st or 22nd. And that's, um, that's a big thing when you're talking about job security. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, I just, if for those on the YouTube, I've hopped up and grabbed myself another drink. Cause once you started talking about Squizkowski or whatever his name is, I'm thinking Monsters Inc. I didn't even know his fucking name. Um, I, I was like, I need another drink. I just need another drink. Um, uh, so yeah, I hopped up and left and let these two boys go at it. Um, all right. Uh, we need- last, last couple, just, just oh, quickly. Obviously me. we touched on, um, on yeah. Tanner, Tanner Brun. Um, Jeez, Tanner- is it, is it, do you drag this out in bed, Chris? Because <laughs> fucking... I do actually. I'm, I'm, I'm a giver. Um, <laughs> what do we do with Danaher, guys? Thirty nine percent of teams. Is he worth trading out, or are you keeping him? Well, to, to credit to, and I'll give credit to my wife here, who is an Essendon person. She traded him out last week through loophole to Jordan, and that uh, wasn't going to have any of that. And he actually did all right. But um, yeah, I'd be trying to. If you don't have any of those rookies, I'd be going down to one of them and. And using the cash elsewhere. Yeah, I'm with Swizz on this. Uh, the reason I didn't actually pick Danaher is they had some really good defenders to start the year. And I was just like, okay, I know he has a big ceiling, but I thought I was going to have to wait six, seven rounds to actually start seeing the profit. So I actually went with the Impy, a cheaper version, who I thought could get ball in the back half. Uh, if it's me, if I don't have, you know, I'd rather bank the, was it nearly, not 100K, but it's probably about, what, 90-odd K. I'd rather go Warner. That's 90000 I could do with more. Warner's going to make oh, more absolutely. cash. Yeah, or Campbell. I'd go with one of those guys that I don't have. I'm not sure I'd go down to Impey. I feel like that's a bit of a waste going twenty grand. And again, is he going to make $150,000 more than Danaher? I don't see it. No. Probably not, but um, I think he makes it a lot quicker. I think that yeah, by but is quick is quicker know, better in a long season though? Like it's, it's, a, it's an iffy one. Like I'm not going to criticize anyone that does, but – for me, I feel like you need to either if he's going down, you're getting a rookie that you have missed or you're looking elsewhere. I don't know. I just don't see the advantage in sidewaysing, you know, someone who could at any week go big and make you a little bit of money. Uh, I... Yeah. Yeah. Are you there, man? Yeah, we're here. We're here. Yeah, yeah we're no, here. I was, I was just saying that, look, it's it's 50-50 for me, but I, I'm, I'm okay with someone doing the trade. I wouldn't say that it's a bad thing to do. I just wouldn't. I like. I can understand the reasons you wouldn't do them, but I also like the idea of being able to jump off that rookie a little bit quicker, get that cash in a little bit quicker. You can, you know, Impy could be the one that we can be trading in round six, round seven, as opposed to waiting to round now and round ten. So it's like that that's song. Potential. Make money, money, make money, money, money. Right. Well, it is exactly like that. Um, so that's just one that. Yeah, I, I I think personally, I think you got to get off him if you've got a, a, like a, a problem there. If you've got a Campbell or a Warner that you don't have, absolutely you're getting off him. Impy questionable, but I don't mind it. I personally don't mind it. Okay, we need to talk about Neil because otherwise it's not going to happen. Lockie Neil, oh, um, we just skip. We skip Dow because he's, he's probably someone Dow, that you just don't yeah, need. Yeah, basically Dow, you could just <laughs> leave as a problem for another week if you like, or you can downgrade him to someone you don't have. Again, I'm not so sure I'm sold on sidewaysing to another $200,000. I'd rather – I'd go down and make the money if you think he's going to – someone else will make money quicker, which I'm okay with. Do we think he plays next week? Is the, Yeah, I think he like, plays. I think he's he's been serviceable enough. He's just a butcher like most of their team, like Williams. Um, Lucky Nilo is our big issue. He's, he's pretty much hit, what, around 75, two weeks running. Got tagged. He got lucky and he scored, I think it was a 60-point half. So he did show that he is capable of scoring – just too late and at the end. So it's an interesting one. And this is probably one of the hottest debates. Now I am on the fence. 
I'm on the fence because if he goes 120 the next couple of weeks, he only drops like 100K and it's not on the worth train for me. But if Greenwood gets named, uh, then uh, the dogs, what do they do? They have so many midfielders they could just back themselves well, in. They, they have Libra as well who has locked down before. So that that is one option for the dogs that they could, and, could do that. And someone spoke about Teague not tagging as well, which I think is silly because I remember Lockie Neal tore up that first half against Cripps and then he got locked down by Kurnow and then Cripps went 190-odd. Was that last year or the year before, Chris? Uh, I don't know, but it was fantastic to yeah, watch. Fuck you. <laughs> um, can we just also see where this is going to be a Neil and Cripps segment. So let's just hit this straight up at the back, Chris. The Patrick Cripps that I saw two years ago is not the Patrick Cripps that I had last time I saw him. If I'm getting that guy, then he's number one. And once again, Chris, you are wrong. Uh, Patrick, <laughs> Patrick Cripps for me, number one. Nope. Um, Walsh no had a small glimpse of victory when Cripps was pretty much. Are you ready walking. for a victory? He was the walking wounded. Are you ready for victory? And I was fucking wrong. Chris, I uh, hate you. Uh, I am on the Walsh train. I don't care about the bet. Walsh is in my side. So we're going to pair this up with, we're going to hit Lockie Neal up, then we're going to talk about Crips and what you've got if them. We've also heard some news today, which Chris will be touching on. So for me, I'm on the fence with Lockie Neal. Now I'm I'm inclined to keep him. Reason is I just like my structure a lot more. Um, this is a dilemma I'm having because I have Caldwell. I could go Caldwell out, Lockie Neal out. I could bring in Ridley and Dusty Martin, easy. And I still have cash in my bank because I've got cash already in the bank. Now I miss out on Tex Walker, but I've got two premiums for the price of one. Lockie Neal can then drop down. I'm waiting for these other awesome rookies to float up and I can then replace Neal at a later time. Now, we have spoken and everyone's saying, oh, if you get out Neal, it's a two-trade waste. You're trading him out, you're trading him in, that's two trades. Now, luckily, my kind friend Swizz and Grimo have enlightened me that it's only a one-trade deficit. Now, Swizz, are you inclined to describe that? Uh, no, 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 no. Well, it's a one trade depending on um, who you're going going for too. And I guess it comes down to how much you value, what you value a trade at. Um, so it, it comes, yeah, what a direction you want to go with this. Um, for me, my options with Neil is looking at going the, naturally the next premium down, which is Oliver. So I'm, I'm going to have to get Oliver in anyway. Neil, my hope is he bottoms out, gets under 600, maybe even crushes the 550 if tagged. Um, and I'm going to have to try to find the money to get Oliver in anyway. So it's it's not – I don't feel like I'm burning that extra trade um, because I'm going to get Neil at value coming back and I'm, I'm getting the premium that I missed. Yep. So the, the, the consensus is, is that if you get out Lockie Neil and you bring in another premium – so if you bring in an Oliver and he's someone that you feel you need to get this year anyway, so you're already going to try and upgrade someone else to get to Clayton Oliver, that's that one trade. So if you trade you're out Neil to Oliver... Earlier, rather than spending it later. Yeah, so it's not a two-trade turnaround. You are burning the one trade. You then pick up Oliver now. And then if, if Neil drops in price and everything's looking good, you then upgrade someone else to Neil and you are using this that trade that you would have used for Oliver. So you waste one trade. But if Neil drops 150K, then all of a sudden it becomes worth it because you can now have two premiums. Like I'm saying, if if, if I am going to get rid of Neil, I can't see myself. I think I'd have to pass on Tex, even though I like Tex as an option for cash. I'd probably go two premiums just to make myself sleep at night. 
Well, the only way, and I've heard a couple of people, and I actually had this message today, um, because I think at the moment we've got, uh, I think 8% have jumped, jumped on text and we've got 6% jumped off Neil. And some people have gone through loophole Neil down to text. Now I hate that because of the you know, you're losing the pre- you're losing the premium um, for starters, and it's such a big risk. But I get, uh, there's that back of my mind going, that's going to be somebody's going to do it, and it's going to pay off for him. Where <laughs> that guy's Texas, winning the round Texas in three gonna weeks. He's going to make yeah. 150, 200k. Neil somehow is going to lose 150, 200k, and you're going to use if as long as you're using that money for Neil to text to get, say, an Adele up to an Oliver or Danaher up to Oliver, you could be looking at going text to Neil for 100000 in three, four yeah, weeks. Yeah, I was about to say, that's sick, hey? Like, text gets to four fifty, and then you're buying Neil for 130000 like, something like that. Yeah, well, really even say $135,80. Like, it's just, yeah, it's ridiculous. And for me, yep. Greenwood's going to be the about, key. Is Neil still a premium, though? Because that's a big question, well, right? At this point, I, I, we've, did, we've had... I did say Brisbane is shit, so you know. <laughs> what, what I mean by that is, like, so if if you think that, that from now, let's talk about let's erase the first two rounds of the season. Let's talk about round three to round twenty to twenty three. Right? There's twenty twenty rounds left. What is Neil average between now and then? Has that changed from your? Well, I th- yeah, I like, agree there, Chris. Because I'm looking at going, okay. We know, well, Fox has pretty well said Greenwood a big chance of playing this week. So he gets tagged, and Collingwood's one of his worst teams to play at, and Marvel is one of his worst grounds to play at. So it's possible that 70, 80 this week isn't, isn't out of the question again. The Bulldogs at, at Ballarat, depending if they just want to go head-to-head, where he could score massive versus if Liverpool plays lockdown that week, you could be looking at another sub-100 score. So already... Well, you know, best midfielder like this week was... Tim Kelly, and he got 91. Exactly. Like, the next one, so after Kelly, it was Sheed at 86, Gaff got 69, and Redden got 70. Like, the the team midfields are not scoring against the Dogs this year. They're just getting all the clearances. Everything's going their way. The only real way to, to, to defeat the Dogs at the moment is you need to hit them on the rebound. So you've got to turn the ball over at half back and kill them on the, on the bounce. Now... I just can't see a world where Neil goes huge in that game. Uh, I mean, it, it could obviously happen, but to me, it's it's more about if I if I don't see him averaging 125 for the rest of the year, why the hell am I even contemplating having him at 720k? I may as well get rid of him, get him to let's say Titch averages 115, which is definitely doable for the season. I'll get Titch for 110k. I've got the same output for 110k less, and then you can put that 110k into another premium upgrade. So I just feel like there's more to think about than just, oh, I've got to hold your premiums because we've got new information, and with new information, you've got to make different decisions. Yeah, and I'll touch on that. So normally it's a never trade your premiums, never trade your premiums. But again, we're talking about um, a year last year, shortened quarters, midfielders, which we've already spoken about podcasts on numerous lengths, were inflated. They were overpriced, and we kind of went with people that we thought yeah, had more stability. Now, it's not – so if it was a Josh Kelly, he's 600K for me. I'm holding. There's no point in me getting rid of Josh Kelly. I don't think he's going below 500. You're not going to make any money anyway. Correct, exactly. Now, we're talking about someone who's 720000 the second highest price – of anyone in the competition. And can we, if we get off, the higher they are, the quicker they fall. 
right? So same pe- same with tall people, right? The bigger they are, the, the harder they fall. So, yeah, it's the yeah, Shane Mumford rule, except he denies every physics possible. Um, so that's the only reason that's considering is because he is the second expense, second most expensive person, right? He's been tagged, they're down, short in preseason. Not only that, this week they actually have a short turnaround. They play Thursday as well, so they have an extra, like a less day break, and they're staying away from home because they didn't even know if they were going home for days, so it's been interrupted. And they're staying in Melbourne for the next week yep. against um, against the Dogs. And that game's at Ballarat too, by the way. Yep, so... With the balls falling around all over the place. Yep, and, and that's the consideration. Now, I don't mind holding him because I still think he's going to average you well later in the year. And we knew he, statistically, the first four rounds, he wasn't great against the opponents. And I was hoping that he would still do, you know, serviceably. But that 150K on that and get someone else and, and going to a premium... You're still going to have the same amount of premiums on field. It's one of those ones. Now, the only thing that's sort of hurting me at the moment is I had Danger and Caldwell. That's two trades I've already had to make just to fix up. You know, yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, so do I want to – do I have the luxury to burn a trade and risk it for the biscuit? Because it's it's just one of those things. And I, But you can't play scared when you're going for overall. You need some luck and, and you need to kind of go, right, where's the money at? And the money is – could be – at going for other premiums. So, you know, Dusty Martin's looking really good and really dangerous. He's getting in a lot of scoring chains, fastball movement. He looks like he could be a 106-plus forward, conservatively, for the year. Ridley is the only one. He he reminds me of a um, Doherty back when Carlton was shit and they needed him and he went 115. Ridley scares me because they need him like Carlton needed Doherty. Ridley could be that one that really hurts you, and I don't have him in my side. Like the community side, we have him. I'm fucking laughing, right? But yeah, Ben, how, how you didn't listen to my advice for preseason about uh, Ridley? I went Luke Ryan because I'm a nuffy, <laughs> and I had Ridley in my I, side more than a dozen times. I, and I said it to you over and over. Essendon are shit. He's their only decent defender. He is going to see so much ball. Yeah, more ball than Mardi Gras. I do agree with you, though. You're, you're on to a point. It, at this point, it becomes team dependent. So, okay, let's say we've, we've, we go about the value of Neil. You can, you, you can trade him. You cannot trade him. And let's say it's probably 50-50 depending on your team. But if you're in a situation like yourself or me where you've also got to trade Corbell, you're either going up or you're going down. So if you can use that money to go up, then it becomes worth it because there are guys out there that are about to be untouchable. If you do not have Dunkley and if you do not have Ridley – I think you have to have them. Like you must. I, I don't think there's any way around it. Dusty's someone that I can understand you wanting, but probably not necessarily getting, because you know we know what Dusty's going to do, and he's probably going to drop at some point. They, you know, they, he will get a hard tag if not this week, then the following week, and he'll drop some low scores and and um and go down in cash. But Dunkley, his role is there. We've seen, we thought he was going to play more forward time. No, he's playing basically primarily midfield. Ridley is absolutely killing it. And he's, if he's not number one, he's going to be the number two or three defender this season. So those are two guys that I think that if you've got a chance to get them, you kind of need to take it right now. So or if you're, if you're looking for yeah. a meal with, uh, you're worried about, oh, well, the possibility of losing points, that those Bulldogs players, we, start, we wanted to wait to see when we got a bit more data around them. And they're just sharing so much ball at the moment. Both weeks, I think they've had more than 100 touches than their opposition. And coming up, they've got North Melbourne, which this could be one of the 
the big hidings, yep. and unfortunately, it's a good Friday match. <laughs> they got Brisbane up at, at Mars, and they just love playing at Ballarat. They get the Suns back at Marvel. They play the, the Giants up at Marnica, and the Giants could be still terrible. Richmond, who give away points like anything, and then Carlton back at Marvel. So if, you want, if you're worried about like losing points by get, getting rid of Neil, if you don't have McRae, as you've said, Dunkley, or even the Bond, you, they are three options you should be seriously considering. Yep. So here, here's the sick part, right? So if I actually – and this is the only reason I'm considering it, and I still kind of hate it. Lockie Neal to Ridley, right? Cordwell to Walker, and I've got 379000 in my bank. The problem is that the $379,000 in your bank not do anything for your team. Correct. But it's only, so if it's only have, a week, it's not the worst problem to have. You but. have to definitely get that using that the following week unless you – skipped on, say, a Ridley one week and you were really confident on a Butters or a or somebody who had even a bigger price spike. True. Or Ridley. Ridley's only tipped to go up like 20K, I think, so it's not say, the worst so you thing. You can hold a week, but if you really wanted, say, a Butters or you wanted somebody like that, otherwise you need to have already got a plan for that 339K or whatever you said it was, be it a Dow or someone like that and already know who you were targeting the week after. Because it's useless if you you'd have to then burn another trade just to get up to somebody. Yeah, for sure, and the, that's the only reason. Like Tex is uh, realistically, I should be going Ridley and Dusty because they're two I don't have, and then I feel like Dusty's, you know, he he's highly owned, so it's kind of one of those ones. Do I wait or do I, you kind of just want to narrow that margin and just get him in because he looks he looks really good. Not gonna lie. Yeah, but I mean, look, they've played what Carlton and Hawthorne. Okay. Both of those teams are going 0 and 6, so oh. cool, man. Hey, seriously, Chris, if, if Carlton don't win this week, and they and they won't because Frio are looking bloody good, they are going to go 0 and 6. Chris, have a look at have a look at who they're, they're playing over the next six weeks. Chris, who did Hawks play in round one? I don't know, but they're shit. <laughs> who did they play? Essendon. Oh yeah, well they're also going on six. So after Frio, <laughs> Hawks after won. They've got Hawks beat Essendon, and you're saying Hawks are going on six. Do you even know the fucking game? Oh no, I was I was talking about Essendon. <laughs> <laughs> Segway. Um, um, so yeah, they've got, this, they've got the Suns on the Gold Coast, who, are, who by the way are also playing very good football. Chris, then up. they've got Port. Then they've got Brisbane. Yes, well, it's going to be the battle for the spoon team. against Essendon in round seven. Chris, shut the fuck up. We're trying to listen to Swizz. We have our guest speaker with better insight than you. Let him speak. Well, and as I was saying before, just about the dogs and that, well, you've got you've got to think overall and league, depending on what what you play. At the moment, as I said, 6%, which is going to be higher, have traded out Neil. McRae, 29% have, 22% Oliver, and already they've gone up 2%. You think they're going to probably go up more if it's Neil loses another ten to twenty percent, and these guys go up three, four, five percent. That's points you are losing if Neil goes another seventy, eighty. Where McRae could be continuing his hundred and thirty form for at least the next three, four weeks against these teams that are coming up. Yeah, you might as well go to the casino, put it on red, spin the wheel, and hope. Like if he, if Neil starts going big. All the people are coming out of the woodworks going, I'm a fucking genius. You guys are nuffies. And if Neil gets tagged two weeks running or three weeks, because I think they have Carlton after that. So his three-round average could be shit as well. If Neil drops down to like 500, everyone's getting him anyway. And then you're the guy that paid $220,000 more than everyone else got him for. So 
Yeah, but it's going to work both the, ways. Where, where's the risk then? Because if you've got, as long as you're going to McRae or Oliver, especially McRae, like Neil comes out, let's just say he freaks it against uh, Collingwood and still scores at 120-130. McRae's going 130 against North. There's no doubt about that. Next week at, at Ballarat, I think McRae's Ballarat average is 160. So His Brisbane yeah, average is about 150. Have you seen how well McRae's gone against Brisbane for like the last four years? Exactly. It's stupid. So he's got 150 average against Brisbane and 160 average at Ballarat the following week. So you can put McRae down minimum 140. Uh, so even if, once again, Neil comes out against the Dogs and scores 120, 130, you're still 10, 20 points behind those people who traded to McRae. Yeah, it's an interesting one. And they banked an extra, you know, a little bit of money there too. So, yeah, it's interesting. So, and the more everyone's... I talk about it, I'm, the more I talk about it, I'm sold on trading Neil. Oh, I, I was, I made the trade. Look, lockout happened and I made the trades. I, yeah, I, so the, other, the other thing was what, what it does for your team. Like, because I have Caldwell, um, I, already, I already went danger to Walsh. Um, so I had a little bit of cash there. Plus, with that money that I've gone down from Titch, I've, I already have McRae. Um, but going down to Titch, it allows me to get Ridley from Caldwell. So I now have 13 premiums instead of 12, which is improving my team as well as... So even though it's a correction trade and some will consider it sideways, it is actually an upgrade for me. So I'm actually improving my team. So I don't consider it as a, a correctional or a sideways trade or a waste of a trade. I consider it as I'm downgrading to upgrade and to have a better overall team. Yep. And for so me, it's, it's the consideration of do I want, you know, Ridley and Dusty or, or you know, Ridley and um, I could actually yeah, afford him actually. So Ridley and Oliver or do I want Neil and like Tex Walker? I, I like Oliver. I really do. But I just feel like... I still feel like he's a butcher and he had 37 touches and sure did well. But yeah, you saw, you know, um, so Titch had a lot of possessions and only did well late because he got some intercept marks in defense and, you know, linked up in a few chains. He wasn't doing well. Titch was not doing well. He had 20 disposals for fuck all. So Yeah, he, he didn't play well, I'll be honest with that. No, so, um, um, you know, Oliver worries me in that he gets a lot of ball and handballs it a lot, whereas the kickers, McRae, the guys that link up, that's why Josh Kelly should be doing better. Hashtag right. Uh, is uh, this is a conversation that maybe it's not for this podcast, but is Oliver really 120 plus premium? 115 no. to 120, maybe. Well, that's what I th- I think that yeah. he's probably a one. I reckon like you know that 110 to 115 is is smack on. That's what he's going to average every single season or around thereabouts. Inflated by s- his plus or minus on the big games that he always gets. Right. If he doesn't go he the gets 180, those one or two huge games a season. Yeah, which pushes his average. Yeah. If you get now, on the right what, time, you're a genius. What do you think about the Bond guys now that you've seen a couple of games of him? I'm in love. The tag liability. That's the only thing that's wrong with him is that when people tag a, a Bulldogs midfielder, it has to be Bond. But that's it. It's you, know, you look at the game now, more time, more space, faster movement, the better players. Look, you know, he's just, he looks so good. It's like 100 at halftime. And he got sucked down in the third quarter, and then they released the tag in the last for him to get those last few points. I think he had only five possessions from halftime. I'm actually waiting for him to get tagged and have a shit game like he will, and then mm-hmm. wait for his price to Damn. drop and jump on. I'm not jumping now. The problem I think is, it's a I just think that like if you're going to tag someone at the dogs, you're going to tag Bond. And then what happens is they send him forward, and then he doesn't score as well as a forward. Obviously, he still scored. Like you know, he kicked obviously the um. 
the you know, sealer last week, which obviously again inflated his score. Um, but yeah, he was on a hundred at half time. He actually killed that game. They shut him down and then did nothing for a while and then came back. So I just feel that the tag liability for Bont is too high for me to, at this stage of the season, take a risk on him. I'd rather, I'd definitely rather have McRae. I'd definitely rather have Dunkley. Yep. All right. So moving on from there, let's go to the Crips train. Now Crips information is, he's getting what injections weekly. He should, if it was preseason or end of last or end of the year, end of the season, he would have what, four to six weeks off. They said inside information hasn't been confirmed obviously, but he's playing through pain. So if you have Crips, is that a bigger danger now? The fact that he has gone, what is he, averaging 85? Something horrible? The problem is where you go to. Yeah, he's not, like, yeah, it's funny. And what I laugh at is people that went from Real to Toronto, a.k.a. suck shit. Um, if you already had Toronto, no fault there, Chris, because um, you, <laughs> you started him. But um, if you, 520. He a quarter time. He had, he had four tackles and 10 possessions a quarter time, and he used the ball like shit. But, I mean, I think he only had, uh, he only touched the ball once in the second quarter and then, like, barely any in the third and then came back in the in the last quarter. But, yeah, it was, it was bad. It was a bad game. Here's my perspective. Now, if you have Crips in the midfield, chances are you have a forward mid rookie in the forward line like Campbell or you have Clark in defense with that defender mid eligibility, I would be getting rid of Crips and getting Ridley or Dusty, someone you don't have, for 20K more. If you've got the 20K. If you have the 20K, which they should, hopefully. Um, that's well, what I would other, do. Like, you might have to do other other trades in, in that place. You might have to do a correctional rookie trade, or um, there could be other things that you need to do that are a higher priority. Is it Is urgent? It important to get rid of him? Is he going to drop much cash? I think he'll drop a bit, hey. Um but is he going to pull it back together when he, he gets over his issue? You know, who knows? Well, so, here's, here's the thing. Did we know about this? I've been asking people no, about it. No, nothing. We, nothing was spoken. The aim game that he was carrying an ankle injury. He said it in the post-match. So I don't know. Is this the same? Is that why he's getting the injections or is it a different injury completely? It could be. It could be pain in his ankle, which is why he's playing more forward. I don't know. We don't know anything. It's what? like the GWS theory. You're only going to lose 20K roughly with Crips this week, but I'm big on the trade. Not for Supercoach, just for Carlton. They should have traded him to Freo. <laughs> hey, there's, there's still time. There's still time. Yeah, um, but no, but he's not going to cost you that much. That's just the one if you want kind of maybe side to Brayshaw, but I'm not a huge fan of like, – I love Brayshaw and I really like him on side, but – yeah, how many times you like side swap there? Maybe if you that's that Dusty or Dunkley one, if you've got the cash, I'd definitely because all the Ridley, um, if you can loophole it, because that's you are then looking at getting a top six to defender or forward for Crips. And I think that's the move if you're willing to move on Crips. And if you have um, all I, the all the rookies in line and you don't have injuries and you have that spare, because if you don't if you haven't had danger, you don't have Caldwell then you could actually be in a position to use that trade tactically and not be at a disadvantage on trades. Uh, if you've caught, you know, Real Danger and Caldwell, well, good luck to you in 2022. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, uh, salvage what you can. Say you're playing for leagues the whole year. Um, fix it that way. Um, let's move on now. So Crips, uh, kind of a consensus there. I don't – well, it's a tough spot to be in, to be honest, so – Depends on your team. If you've already been hit by injuries, then good luck and enjoy Crips for the year. Hopefully he comes together. Breakout premiums is the last one. Now, I know these boys have got some of the, probably the more, 
obvious ones. Now, I'm going to come up with something slightly different for a breakout contender. Is he a must-have? No. If you're playing for leagues and you want something out of the box, then I suggest you might want to look at a Gold Coast defender. Who am I thinking of, boys? Uh, Bose. He Bose. looks fantastic. Nah, fuck Bose. Bose is good. Lacocious. Now, Lacocious is playing on the wing, which in my draft write-up is why I said um, the Russian could be his back flank. So, um, was it Markov? Markov, yeah. Uh, so, Markov was playing back flank. Lacocious was playing on the wing. And they just keep giving. Lacocious' kick is stupidly good. I think he's... What do you get? A 115 and a 105 or something. He's averaging really well. He's 420k, I believe. Nice little smoke. 430 smoking. averaging 106. So 430, was it? 430 and he's averaging 106. 430 averaging 106. Yeah. So I, he for me, he's a smoky. Like he's not a must have. If you're in a draft league where you want something a bit, oh, sorry, a, a standard league, you want something a bit different. I don't know. I just think his kicking is so good. Gold Coast are actually looking for opportunities to link him up. They're trying to play fast. They actually look pretty good. Once they get to that wing, he looks so good at actually delivering it. Either he pushes forward and then delivers that next chain closer to goal or he's actually hitting him inside 50. And he's, he's – I forgot how good his kick is. Hey, like I actually shared a link on Twitter today. I was like, what a fucking jet. And they have Adelaide, Carlton, and then the Bulldogs coming up next. And I want to – this is also leads into the guy I want to talk about, which is Jack Bowes. Um, who's averaging more for only 30K less, like whatever. Um, his, jump change. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Jack Bowes is averaging 130 over his two games. He had a, a 114 and like a 145 or something ridiculous, and he's just cleaning up across that half-back line. Um, so the obviously pushing Lukosius forward has meant that Jack Bowes has stepped into that uh, more intercepting defender role um, that is the, also the distributor of half-back. Now, um, the great thing about the, about the Bulldogs, which is why I wanted to highlight this, is I really noticed against the Eagles that what they did is to try and negate Hearn's long kicking. They set their zone back further so that Hearn just couldn't go try and go over the back of the zone. He would have to try and pick his way through it instead. And that meant that Hearn just got his own, his own pill. And the defenders from West Coast scored really well because of it. So if West, if the Bulldogs are going to continue to set this really deep zone, defenders are going to score really well against them. So anyone that's got the Bulldogs coming up, I think it's North Melbourne this week. So hopefully Zebel gets up off his um off his ankle because I think we'll all have a really nice score from Jack Zebel this week. You know what's upsetting is that in our keeper league, do you know who my thirteenth player was? Bose. I could have and, kept I could have kept oh, him for free oh, with defender status and I'm I was like, like do I want to keep a defender just getting me like 85 and I dropped him in a keeper league. Ooh, tough tough scenes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Someone else got him. Enjoy that pain. Uh, uh, okay. Yes, I think he's a definitely a stand option. I mean, the problem is he's, he's 450k, so it's not like he's cheap. Um, but I don't think he's very risky. I think he's definitely one that could easily make top 10 this season based on the exposed form so far. So Yeah, interesting. Um, um, Swiss, yeah. you want to talk about Brayshaw? Oh, mate, I have a lot of love for Brayshaw, and I could speak all night about him. But he, as I said, it's the same as I said last week. He's just taken over that um, that number one midfield role at, um, at Frio. Um, probably handles a little bit too much than what I'd like, but, you know, got the all-round game. He's, you know, he's racking up possessions, taking marks, 
tackling, six tackles on the weekend, helped kicking a couple of goals. Um, but yeah, he's just, he's just a ball in there, but he's also got the ability to go outside. Um, they swap up with Mundy, Chera, and, and now with Fife looking like he's going to miss at least one week. And that, um, if you're going to jump on, it's got to be, it's got to be now because a couple, um, soft kills still to come for Frio and yeah, he could go, um, have some more big, massive games coming up. Yeah, that no, sounds good. Uh, the one thing I will touch on as well is, I think we underestimate how important these fitter players are going to play a role this year because they interviewed Isaac Smith after the Geelong you know, demolition of Brisbane, unfortunately, for the, the false reading from the umpire. We went there again. <laughs> um, but they, they interviewed Isaac Smith and they just said, oh, hey, like, yeah, surely someone like you will flourish with a you know, faster game, less interchange, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, it's, it's tough. You know what I mean? And the worst and the hardest thing now is going to be on the shorter game breaks. Now, if it's going to be the guys that are running more and are fitter than everyone else, if you get less time to recover from these less rotations and more running and faster movement, it's going to be harder for other guys, the bigger boys that aren't used to running as much, aren't used to playing as much time on ground to actually keep it up. And Chris knows all about how hard it is to keep it up. Chris, what are your thoughts? Yeah, thanks, mate. (laughs) Well, that that, um, that no, is I, one that, on that that is one concern for those who just touching back on say an MP, um or you know those players who have had those little injury concerns. Uh, yeah, have a good look at the fixture because someone like Hawthorne plays Monday afternoon this week, then travels to Perth to play Sunday the following week. So six day break and travelling. So there's going to be a little bit of that as the season wears on. Um, so yeah, those players who, as you said, um, do struggle to back up or um, not, a, not as fit as others um, will definitely struggle later in the year. Yeah, I, I worry for Brisbane on a six-day break and um, they're now realising what all other clubs had to do last year and sleep in a bed that wasn't theirs and have to play for a couple of weeks in a row. So it'll be interesting to see what the Brisbane Lions will do. That's true. Um, well, one that obviously hit a huge score this week that I just wanted to quickly touch on is Zach Butters. So... Um, I think everyone can agree that you know, when he's on the ball, like he does some freakish things and it's amazing. What hasn't happened yet, and it's, which is kind of weird, um, but I think he had a 95 week one and then a 163 this week. He's still not getting CBAs. So he's doing it all from a wing and high half forward. Um, now there is a chance that potentially with Rosie coming back this week, that could push him more into that midfield uh, and maybe get some CBAs moving forward, which could actually increase his average. My problem is they've done it against North and who did they play? Essendon. Um, the other Essendon. Side. Yeah. And Essendon. This has got Connor Rosie last year written all over it. it As does. you could remind us, Chris, um, <laughs> because you were on Rosie last year. I went, I went big. <laughs> go hard or go home, right? Um, yeah, no, so I'm, I'm worried actually about the Butters selection in terms of. Um, but if you started with him, great. You've already got those two good scores. You got, you're sitting pretty, you know, at very least it's going to make you a little bit of cash. Um, and I think he probably still averages 95 for the season, including this, this 160. Um, I just don't see him really being that sort of uber premium that's going to be like a top six forward. I think he's still in that potential to make that top 10, depending on how everyone else goes. Um, I wouldn't be banking on him to be a guaranteed top six. They play West Coast away Richmond uh, the following week. So that's uh, unfortunately you can't really get a look at him because he's going to have a big fight 
this week. But that's going to give us a better indication of how he's going to go for the rest of the year. Absolutely. One you can wait on. I 100% agree with you. Yeah. And I don't know. He's funny for me because I know he's talented and I have you know rated him previously. But I don't know. Something doesn't feel right to me where I just, I just, I just don't rate him enough to put him in my side. Now, is that a Rampy situation? Is that a Rowan Marshall situation? I don't know, but I am not putting him in my side yet. It, no, I'm it not could be a, a Dan Houston situation. I wonder who started with him. Uh, you by default. <laughs> by default. Um, you can two send greatest word, two greatest words in the English language. Default. Yeah, make sure you send a box of chocolates to fucking uh, McDonald's just for him staying I out will. of your side. I will. <laughs> uh, that was a nice little surprise on Saturday night when I was looking at the score, and I actually was getting um, DMs from some of our followers being like, "Dude, did you still do you still have Houston? Tell me you didn't trade Houston." And well, I'm like, no. "Well, Swiss." And then I looked at the score, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Swiss has made you famous, and all his mates at the footy are like, "Hey, did that Chris guy still keep Houston?" And he's like, "Yes, yes, yeah. he did." We're we're watching a cricket grand final, and that's all that that was the topic of conversation from some guys on that. So yeah, for that. Uh, that decision um, has kind of made you a bit, bit famous down here, Chris. You're welcome, lads. Oh, oh, oh yes. like Chris is trying to flex, but I think Casper's out and about. Um, <laughs> anyway. I think, I think probably the only thing really left to go is maybe uh, a couple of waiver ideas and then vice-captain's captain. Uh, yeah, I was gonna, I'm going to put a post out for waivers because I'm going to look through all my leagues and look for those who are there. But, again, I did t- I'll tell everyone about Markov. Just for he is, he kicks a lot. He's on the back flank, so he was one that I put out. But I'll do another little post uh, waiver watch on Facebook and Twitter. So if you're not on the line, I suggest you get up and get about. Let's go I for the um, captains. Peter, I was going to say I think you've already mentioned Peter Wright. Uh, that I've um, I've, uh, but that was that was the big one this week, and that because he will be ruck and he, he's still there. Um, and um, I guess if you. If you really like what CJ did, but as a two, three, four week option, as a possible, because I know he was lying around a few um, drafts as well. Do you think Golden's good enough to um, the Golden Jet to last in your side for drafts? Do you reckon he's like after two good scores, you'd be stupid not to try and grab him? I, I think he's already gone in nearly all leagues. Oh, I think Ryan's still he's... free. I think everyone kind of disregarded oh, really? his first score. Yeah, now he'll have to be gone. No, no, no. Matty Davison picked him up. Okay, that one, right? Yeah, unlucky. Oh, well. well it's <laughs> uh, one of those ones. If, you, if was... you're low, take take the highest scorers and you hope that, you know, like with a Ridley I got last year because he did, he looked good, so I grabbed him, and then next minute you know you've got a, yourself a top 10 or a really good performer. Fair enough. Yeah, for sure. So, oh, what, so what do we think of the VC oh, and C boys? Because I think that's probably yeah. where we wrap it up. But, um, yeah. Are we all locking in a VC of Grundy against potentially Fulton on Thursday night? Yeah, I wasn't originally because I really like McRae versus North Melbourne. Um, but, yeah, now that Brisbane off like a four-day break where they've had to go out and buy their own clothes today because they, they had none. And, yeah, this has got written uh, Grundy going, well, as long as he mentally rocks up, he should go massive again. He should. He had a bit of a sniffle this week. Um, don't think that's going to be an issue for Grundy. I don't know. I'm torn, to be honest, because I could go Grundy into probably McRae. Part of me thinks that I wouldn't mind VCing Dunkley this week. VC Dunkley into Gorn and just high ceiling, fucking go for it. 
Yeah, I don't mind that one either. I think that's that's going to be it's going to be either Grundy or one of those three Bulldogs: McRae, Bont, or Dunkley. I'd feel more comfortable captaining McRae because Dunkley could go anywhere from seventy to one one seventy, whereas McRae is generally a one twenty to a one seventy kind of guy. So, uh, Chris, what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, I'm in two minds. I, I definitely think the C has to be on Gorn because it is obviously going with against Flynn. So regardless, I think your C has to be there. So then, then it's, okay, well, where's your VC? So you've either got to go your Grundy or one of the dogs. The other sneaky one that you might want to try, um, which you, you, you'll, you'll be able to see on Saturday afternoon, I don't mind Jake Lloyd against Richmond. I was about to the, say the same thing, Chris. I yeah, can't speak about this, um, mate. That could be a massive game for Jake Lloyd. I love when he goes a good 160. And uh, against that, Rich, they're just leaking those those points to the defenders, as we mentioned earlier. I don't mind that if you want to be unique. But I think most people are going to go with the Grundy option. Therefore, you might be hamstrung into just taking it regardless. However, if the big O gets up for that game and he's named, I won't be doing it. I'll be going McRae. Yeah, it's same. Yeah, sounds interesting. Oh. I don't know. Part of me, if I'm, I'm thinking Dunkley's going to go massive. I don't know. I mean, it, it could, but the, you, do you want to not be on McRae when everyone else is? Yeah, maybe, <sighs> maybe. You know what? Um, oh, I'm big on McRae too. It's again, if I went Grundy, I'm even inclined to go Grundy into McRae as a, a captain option, just straight up. So I but know no, that, that's another me. option, but I just don't know how you can go past Gorn. Yeah, well, Gorn also had, you know, was it um, Reek? Miki in his first round and didn't do great. So, and Gorn was only on bugger all in the first half in the last game. Gorn is lucky. His second half, he actually showed up and went from 40 to like 130-odd in a half. He went absolutely huge in the second half. So it's, you know, That's he, true. He, he was good. He got back for some intercepts and started to do some Gorn of old things. Is it going to continue? It's it's an interesting one. and uh, But I guess well, GWS are shit, so, you know, <laughs> anything could happen. Yeah, well, McRae's already played Collingwood and West Coast, and he's had 35 and 41 touches. Yeah, fair call. I don't know, but don't, don't you think though, North, North Melbourne, you get a guy who tackles, plays centre, and gets forward to, like, kick goals and stuff. Like, Dunkley, Dunkley could go 180. He honestly yeah, could. Here's what we saw though on the weekend, and why I'm I'm not really overly in love with um, you know doing VC on a on a dogs player is that the point squeeze happened definitely 100% happened against West Coast to the point where like McRae got the last clearance of the game and he got like two points for it like the most important crucial clearance to make sure that they don't the score doesn't go up the other end McRae gets the clearance and got two points like are you kidding me like. There was no scaling that happened in that last quarter in terms of um, you know, big acts that actually influenced the winning of the game. The last goal to Bont only got him like seven points. Like Yeah, they were tapped out. There, there were just not enough points left. And that's with Daniel having like 26 disposals and getting 20 and 67 points or something oh, because he was loving incredible. That. Right? The only, loving the that, only, by the way, Daniel. The only thing I'll say against that, but is Bulldogs, because of how close the game was, only had 1,768 total points this week. Yes. I feel like yeah, it's going to be 1,900 or 2,000 points. Like the yeah. Suns this week against North had 1,929 super Oh, wow. Yep, get on all the dogs. Yep, well, I like, I like it as an option. It'll be a sure. mauling just like the Aussie Outback. Dogs on Kangas. 
the thing is, if I was going to take the a, a VC, I'd do it on a dog. I wouldn't. I'm not sure if I'd do the, the straight captain. So it's it's probably dependent on whether or not Grund. For me, it's it's dependent on whether or not um, Big O gets up as to whether I go Grundy, and if not, then I'll be going McRae as a VC. But I won't be captaining McRae. I'll be captaining oh, Gorn. I think, if I think if it, only if you don't have Gorn, everyone should have the C on Gorn for now. Uh, that playing Flynn. Um, it's, it's probably going to be wet again up there, and uh, I'm pretty sure going down to Olivar and Petrarca, they're just going to have a field day against the Giants at the moment. Yeah, yeah agreed. True. I think, yeah, um, Grundy, McRae, and Gorn, any one of those two I think you'll be pretty happy with. So I think that wraps us up, boys. That's uh, a nice, comprehensive one. Definitely a lot of insight into those rookies. Uh, Swiss, mate, thank you very much for your time again, and... Look, you've been kind of a little bit famous, to be honest, and we really appreciate your insight. I'm sure a lot of listeners have as well. This is probably one of the hardest weeks because prices haven't changed yet, which means that it's not too late, right? It's like you, your ex-girlfriend's going at the old tone. You can always go and interrupt that shit. So it's not too late yet. It's not over till it's over. Um, uh, yeah, it could be worse. You could be Essendon with no depth on your list like we spoke about in the preseason. So it's going to be interesting. Maybe Parrish will get a midfield gig finally. <laughs> not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. Um, final, final thoughts. I feel like, I feel like Swizz's uh, theme song should be "Famous" by um by Kanye West. <laughs> How does it go, Chris? Uh, mate, it's always it's always from We Are from Tigerland. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you've been singing that enough lately. No, yeah, I've never said this song. Still, still time for more. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, uh, Chris wouldn't know anything about that. They've won what one premiership in how long, Chris? How was that? Oh uh, two, oh three. Uh, 2010, bro, which was seven years after your last premiership. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to pleasure you. Shut the fuck up. Pleasure away, Richard. <laughs> Write that down. Uh, all right. Uh, all right, guys. Good work, guys. So if I got a final thought, just you know, go with your gut. Um, and we said it last week, if there's, if there's players that you weren't even considering pre-season, outside probably text and that, you know, go back to your, back to your pre-season research um, and, and also, if there's a player you enjoy watching and you're going 50-50, go with the player you enjoy watching. It makes footy so much more enjoyable. Yeah, like Sam Walsh, right? Yeah, that's why I went Sam Walsh, to be honest, Chris. He's he's good to watch. And I, I agree he's with that, too. There's, there's nothing worse. If a guy that you like to watch has a bad week, you're kind of like, oh, that's okay. You'll get him next week. Whereas if it's someone you hate and you're like, where the fuck were you? <laughs> Yo, I was relying on you, you bastard. You're out of my side. And it's... Yeah, it's the same thing with footy. Yeah, get people you like. And again, I'll, I'll follow up with that with, you know, um, back your gut because, you know, even the, you know, the Elon Musks and all of the Microsoft and the Amazons, everyone told them that they were crazy and they backed their gut in. And it's the same with this. People will tell you your side's shit. Oh, you're too weak here. You're too weak there. We'll probably give you advice to the same effect, right? But if you back yourself in, if you are, if it comes out right in the way you thought, then you're a genius. And if not, then you move on and you're like Donald Trump and go bankrupt for the third time in a row, right? Just back yourself in. Sure. I love it. Chris is like, did he just say no point listening to us? Just back yourself and fuck off. I wasn't listening to you then, so. All oh, right. That's all right. I, I stopped listening to you after I stopped speaking, Chris. Um, all right. That wraps us up here, Swiss. Thank you very much for your commentary, your insight, and your lovely politeness. It's a nice change. No, no, Tom. No problem, boys, for that. You guys look after yourselves up north. We uh, know all about that. So, uh, yeah, stay safe and you'll get through your little, your mini lockdown. I forgot about that. 
literally, I'm going to have puns to myself for days. That's how boring my life will be. <laughs> uh, Chris, you good? I'm good, mate. I'll, we'll catch everybody later. And um, yeah, we'll see you after the lockdown. Sounds good. How blessed are we, though, to have this system with the, the microphone and to be able to call people and record? I'm so glad we got this new system because last year we were just like, fuck this, we're not recording. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> uh, all right, keep up the questions on the line. If we missed some of those topics on your questions on Twitter or Facebook, we'll respond to that. And I better go do these um, waiver wire. So I'll catch, catch you later, guys. Catch you later, guys. Bye. Yeah, boy. Bye. I get the last word, Swiss. <laughs> Alright, catch you later everyone, bye The C is for the courage I possess through the drama H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor A is for my attitude, working through the patience Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere The I is for integrity, innovative career The O is optimistic, open and never shut And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start They say that every champion is all about his principles Carry!